Welcome to the Happy Tans Podcast, where you will learn everything you need to know about running a successful sunless tanning business. We will interview some of the industry's top business owners to find out how they took a passion and turned it into a prosperous business. And here's your host, Grant Conscious. What's up, Happy Tanners? Thank you so much for joining us on episode 128 of the Happy Tans Podcast. Today's episode, we have Brittany Maurer from Bronze Beauty Bar in Chino, California. She has a great story of how over the last decade, she was able to go from working for somebody else to spraying in her grandma's garage to having a home studio for a number of years and now opening her own physical location in downtown Chino, California. She has some wonderful insights into growing her team, how to hire along the way, also how to make sure that her uh, staff uses the right words that they don't body shame. They don't do all these things. It's pretty interesting when it gets into psychology and things like that to make sure that your customers are comfortable, to make sure you break down those barriers. Specifically, I don't want to turn orange. I don't feel like I could do this. All those kind of things. We kind of talk about that and how to break that down, and how you can use that in your marketing messaging. I think you'll learn a lot from this episode and a lot from her. She has some great insights into the whole customer experience, what they do, including the body dryer thing they have, which is really cool. I should have probably asked some more questions about that. But anyway, you can reach out to Brittany if you have questions. She has a lot of wonderful insights and information. Super exciting to hear her story, what she's been able to do, what her future is, and everything else that she's aiming for. Great story. Get out a pen and a piece of paper. You're definitely going to learn some from this one. Brittany, thank you so much again for coming on and sharing your story. We're going to look forward to continuing to watch you glow and grow along the way. And as always, the Happy Tans podcast is sponsored by the Happy Tans website builder. It's the first and only website builder created specifically for the sunless tanning industry. Not only do we help you look good online, we actually help you get found online, which to me is equally, if not more important. Our websites are SEO or search engine optimized to help you get found online in your local area. We want to help you get more customers in the door. A website should be an investment and not an expense. It should help you return some kind of ROI or return on investment. It should help you generate some new clients and get them in the door. That's our goal. That's what we focus on. Come check us out, happytans.com. Click the Create Your Website button. If you have any questions, you can always find me, grant at happytans.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much again, for Brittany, for sharing your story. Have a wonderful day and happy tanning. Hello and welcome to the Happy Tans Podcast. On today's episode, we have Brittany Maurer from Bronze Beauty Bar. How are you doing today, Brittany? Doing great, Grant. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it is a pleasure. Thank you so much for, for coming on. I don't even know how we connected. I think I found you on Facebook to one of these groups or something and saw some impressive uh, information about you. You're featured in a magazine or, or what whatnot, a website interview and all that in, uh, outside of LA. So I was like, hey, I'm going to connect with Brittany. So here we are. I'm excited to learn about your journey and your story. So for those that don't know you or know about you and your business, I'd love to open up the floor for a minute so you can introduce yourself. Okay. My name is Brittany. I am the owner of Bronze Beauty Bar. We're located in sunny Chino, California. Um, and I started my business in, I believe, 2013 now. Mm -hmm. And I had started working for a Another spray tanning company um, was new to the industry, kind of was looking for a part-time job after I had um, left the job that I was working previously. I had a toddler at the time and I'm like, spray tanning? Sure, why not? <laughs> Get to kind of, you know, make my own hours a little bit, was able to spend some more time with my son and 
uh, worked for that company for about a year, realized that I loved what I did. I did not love my boss. Mm -hmm. So I ended up quitting, um, had no intention of starting my own business. Didn't know anything about being a business owner. (laughs) I just was like, Hey, I've really liked what I did. I got addicted to the glow and was like, I'm just going to buy my own machine, keep myself tan and, you know, just keep my friends and family glowing because they were all upset that I had quit. (laughs) So, um, kind of set up a little pop-up tent in the garage of my grandmother's house, you know, and if anybody knows the weather here in Southern California knows spray tanning, you know, that doing it in the garage in the hot summertime is probably not the ideal situation. (laughs) We had lots of, you know, sweaty, sweaty spray tans and stuff, but, um, once I started getting more steady flow of people coming in, like, like, Hey, my, my friend needs a tan. Like, can you do them too? And it was like, Oh, okay, sure. Why not? You know, I'm not going to say no, if people want to come and, you know, sweat it out in the garage with me. Mm -hmm. So, um, as I started to get more traction and get more clients, I had a conversation with my Um, husband and I was like, you know, I really think that like, I could turn this into a business, you know, I know I didn't, I said I was going to do it for fun and, you know, and some like fun extra money now, but I really think I'm good at this. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when we had to leave my grandmother's house and bought our own home, the, the house hunt started always with where can I put my spray tan studio? (laughs) Um, Originally we were going to set up like a little she shed in the backyard. So it was okay. I need to have enough backyard space to set up like a she shed. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when we ended up finding the house that we're in now uh, it had an extra fourth bedroom right off the front door. And I told my husband, I was like, this is it. You know, it's funny when you go house hunting based off, you know, the, the, uh, the, you know, most checklists are big closets, big bathroom, big kitchen. It was like, where can I put my spray tan studio? (laughs) So I uh, had a home studio for a little over seven years and just kept glowing and growing. And, uh, eventually after COVID, um, told my husband, like, look, I really need a storefront. Mm-hmm. Um, I have enough clients now I have, you know, I'm comfortable and I've just completely outgrown this home studio. And during COVID, I kind of used that time also to pivot and learn new services that I can offer. Mm-hmm. Um, the, a lot of those services needed a lot of equipment and being in a little like seven by seven room with all my spray tanning equipment and all this other equipment. I just told him, I'm like, I need like separate spaces for all these different services now. Mm. So I ended up opening my storefront location, um, right after COVID. So that was, uh, when most businesses, unfortunately were closing down, I used that to kind of a little bit of have some leverage in order to get a better lease agreement um, and then negotiated a better deal to getting my actual storefront location. Wow. That's quite the journey over the last decade. Just, you know, a lot of people oh, yeah. seem to, yeah, a lot of people seem to start with, uh, if they start with somebody else, they kind of figure out quickly that 
they want to do things differently, do things on their own and whatnot. So you're able to obviously grow from that, pivot from that or glow from that, as you say, uh, yeah. to, to something more. Um, and then the home studio for what you said, seven years, it's quite a substantial amount of time to oh, yeah. validate and verify that you can do this for an extended period of time. Obviously mm-hmm. a little wrench thrown in the plans with COVID, but that, like oh, you said, yeah. use that time to pivot. We've, we've had a lot of people on that we're able to to do th- different things during that time. We do websites, you know, for spray tan artists. So we actually saw a huge influx of clients, which we didn't expect because people weren't sure when they're going to reopen, but they actually had time to fix all the things or update their website and do all these mm-hmm. things, which was, we were, we were uh, you know, fortunate to be able to support them there as well. But it's great that you're able to take that time to say, well, you know, what else can we offer? What else can we bring on? Because uh, oh, yeah. as we all know, spray tanning is, is a, an up and down service for most people throughout the year, there's some fluctuations there in the amount of clients you can get. So you have these other complimentary services now, it sounds like, which is great. Oh yeah. And there were many times in my career that I wanted to open a storefront location. And it was one of those things where it's like, every time I got super close to like making a deal, something happened and I'm a godly woman. So I believed, you know, that each step of the way it was like, you know, no, it's not the right time. No, it's not the right time. Just hang on a little bit longer. There was a point in time that I was actually in contract to purchase a full scale tanning salon with tanning beds and all of those things. And we got to the end and I'm a big person. So anybody that's considering buying another business, like numbers don't lie. Like, you know, they could tell you, oh, we're profitable and we're making this amount of money. And it's like, okay, well, I would like to see all of your bank statements and all of these things. And they were lying from the, from the get-go of how much they were actually making at that location. They had multiple locations and they're like, oh, you know, the business as a whole is profitable, but the location that I was going to be taking over was actually in the red $10,000 each month. And I would have been walking into a big headache. So it was just one of those things where it's like, you always, always have to do your due diligence to investigate big purchases like that, or even opening your own thing. Like you make sure that you're making the right decision and not get yourself into a, a pickle. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there's a lot to be said. There's a lot to go through. If you're opening your own spot, we had an episode with Stephanie Pierce recently, where we actually did a YouTube version other video as well, where she went through the whole negotiation. She did a full build out, which is different for most people, but she kind of mm-hmm. went through that process. It was a lot, oh, to yeah. her, a lot of headaches. Uh, she did a lot of research and stuff. So she was kind enough to share that information with people, oh, yeah. but um, it's nice to be able to do that. So it sounds like over these last 10 years, you know, or, or nine or 10 years by yourself, you've had lots of ups and downs. So I'd like to touch on what's been the most challenging moment so far in your business. And then on the flip side of that, we'll, we'll talk about the most uh, rewarding moment so far. Okay. So for me, I would say my most challenging was kind of trying to figure out what to do when the pandemic first hit. Um, It was one of those things that even though I had a storefront, thankfully, I didn't have, you know, a scary overhead floating over me and bills to pay each month. Like, how am I going to like keep my business going when all, when nothing is open? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's when I really used the time to figure out like, okay, so spray tanning in California, you would think that it would be all year round, but we still get seasons here. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as like busy season and slow season, uh, even though it's pretty warm, most of the year, it does slow down a lot in like the winter months and things like that. Cause people aren't going to the river. They're not going, you know, to be in bathing suits. So they don't really care as much to be so tan. Mm-hmm. So it was okay. I've just lost my busiest season income. Like, what can I do that 
will make money or what is a service that I can offer that's going to be all year round Mm -hmm. and not so seasonal. So that's when I also started doing body sculpting, um, as another stream of income and another way to cater to my clients in a not so seasonal, uh, thing. So I use that time to get certified to do another service. I also use that time to do a rebranding. So I know we had chatted a little bit before we um, started recording about, I did a name change. So I did a whole rebranding and reevaluation of my business during COVID and just kind of tried to see like, okay, when COVID is done, when all of this is over, like, how can I, it's almost like your cocoon state. Like (laughs) you're like, like a butterfly in your cocoon during COVID. And it's like, how can I emerge from this and look back and know that I used this time wisely, um, and use the slowdown wisely because as spray tanning artists, you know, we don't really have a lot of slowdown time. So it's, how can I use this time to do better? Right. Improve what you already got. Yeah. Exactly. So I did a name change. I did a whole rebranding kind of taught myself how to do a little bit more as far as like social media and things like that. So that way, when we got to busy season, I wanted to be able to hit the ground running and, you know, just kind of try to recoup what was lost during the pandemic. Hmm. And for the body sculpting that you do, is that required esthetician license? I'm assuming you would It does not, but as a salon there, so those services are kind of like a gray area, just like spray tanning. You don't need any certain like estheticians license, cosmetology license. None of those government entities want to touch spray tanning or Mm -hmm. body sculpting, but there is a company out there that's called the National Med Spa Association, which spray tanning, if you guys are listening, is also under the scope of the National Med Spa Association because it is one of those gray areas. So what it does is you're basically joining a independent governing entity that will go to bat for you, just like state board would, if somebody comes in and there's, um, an issue. So mm-hmm. you're part of the national med spot association. So if these services were to ever be regulated, it's almost like you're grandfathered in, in sure. a sense. So, you know, it's, I've been a part of this if this is there, they can show like this person has been operating for X amount of years under these governing entities and under these restrictions and regulations and all of that, just like a state board would. So they can come in, they can do a salon inspection. They can make sure that, you know, all of our tools and equipment are being cleaned. Our salon is being held to an upper standard as far as hygiene, Mm -hmm. cleanliness and things like that. So we joined that as kind of like a, here's why we're different. Oh yeah. That's great. It's a great idea to to kind of, I've never heard of that. So thanks for sharing. That's a great way to. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things that you, you hang a certificate on your wall and people know like, okay, this is like, they're paying to have somebody come in and do inspections at random times if needed so that your clients and customers have more of a sense of like, okay, these, this salon is operating at like top notch. Sure. Service. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's, 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 it's what any organization does essentially. I mean, it's similar to that. So it makes sense for them to do that. And that's good to know. Actually, I, I assume that you might have to have an estheticians or a cosmetology license or anything. And mm-hmm. that may vary from state to state. So obviously do your due diligence, like you exactly. said earlier, uh, for sure. So uh, Brittany, on the flip side of that, uh, you know, the pandemic and that, that kind of uh, challenge that you had there, what was, what's been the best moment so far in your business? I think the best moment was finally opening my storefront location. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the date? It was, so we took our first client in August and Mm -hmm. we had our grand opening October 2nd of 2021. Okay. Awesome. So we're going on two years this year. Um, that was a roller coaster in itself. If you have never opened a storefront location, (laughs) (laughs) um, it's, you know, and we had to do a, we were lucky enough to find a building that already was partially built out. Mm -hmm. Um, so we just had to go through and remodel it, but there were days that I'd come in and it was like as silly as this is. So we have wallpaper in our lobby. Mm -hmm. I hired a professional to come in because we have the last of this wallpaper in existence. (laughs) I hunted it down because I had to have this wallpaper that I saw in another studio. And I just became obsessed. Mm -hmm. We had just enough rolls to do the walls that we needed with no mistakes. So we hired a professional to come in, install it. And the next morning I came into the salon and the wallpaper had peeled off the walls. (laughs) It was not sticking. And I cried. That was like, (laughs) like we had gone through so many different like fiascos and putting out other little small fires during the build out. Cause you know, there's always issues when you're dealing with construction, but that's the one that broke me. I'm like my wallpaper. Oh no. (laughs) So I I called my dad crying and he came to the salon because luckily my parents live about 10 minutes from my studio. So he's like, it's okay, sweetheart. Like we will figure this out. And we Mm -hmm. ended up putting the wallpaper back up and putting like wood, um, little trim pieces on between, like in between all the seams. So we literally like nailed the wallpaper to the walls and it looks phenomenal and we were able to fix it, but you know, it's just, you put so much time and effort and, uh, design ideas into it. So it's like, once everything is finally done and you've got like the keys to this beautiful place uh, that you've created, that was probably one of the happiest moments in my career, especially being at a home studio for so long and wanting to have a storefront location for so many years and it just never working out. So being able to finally open that, it was a big dream. Yeah. That's amazing. And to go through that, obviously, you know, over a decade or, you know, at this point, a decade of oh, yeah. experience and starting out just as a side thing to do. So you'd be at home with your toddler, but also just do work. And now to look at how far you've come, right. It's always rewarding to look back. And we don't, we don't do that in, uh, often enough. I know I don't, at least we don't think oh, yeah. about how far we've come. We just think, Hey, I haven't made it to whatever that is yet. So. Well, it's, it's crazy to think too, that toddler that I had when I first started just turned 13. <laughs> Yeah, that puts it in perspective, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. And he was about three when I started. So it's like, you know, it's you watch him grow and then you see how much your business has grown within that decade. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And the business is just another baby at the end of the day. (laughs) Oh, yeah, 100%. (laughs) Awesome. So for for all the stuff that you've done and done well, what would you say is the number one thing that has helped grow your business the most? I think most of the people that listen to this or in the business the biggest challenge, the biggest question is getting customers or clients in the door. So what has been 
What's moving the needle the most for you on that, on that side of things? So for me, I think what sets us apart and why we have such a good customer loyalty. I mean, I have customers that have been with me since day one. Mm-hmm. So I have customers that have stuck around and still come to me, even since I was tanning with my previous company that I worked for in the very beginning through the garage days, through mm-hmm. the home studio. And now to that, it's the experience that you create for your clients. Mm-hmm. Anyone can be trained. There's no, you know, like we talked about governing entities, there's no governing entities. There's nothing that really sets you apart aside from your personality, how you treat your clients and the experience that you provide. Mm -hmm. Any person can offer spray tanning. Any person can use the same product that you do be trained by the same person that you were. You can provide the same exact spray tan technique, if you will, but Mm -hmm. the experience that you create outside of the actual service itself is what's going to bring your customers back for you. So for us, it's, we, you know, a lot of salons have gone and done this, um, you know, our house rules that we have, you know, this is a non-self-depreciation zone. You were to not talk negatively about yourself. Um, things like that really make the customer feel more comfortable because Mm -hmm. it is such a vulnerable experience getting a spray tan and every single person that walks through your door has an insecurity about something. Yeah. So, you know, our job is not to make that insecurity go away, but it's to make them feel comfortable about themselves in that moment. Yeah. Um, and so even the, so from start to finish in our salon, we offer a lot more perks, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, so we have like a body dryer in our studio, which everybody loves. So instead of just having, a like a fan on them, they step onto this body dryer that goes from their toes all the way up. Um, and it's warm air and it's more luxurious. And, you know, that's when we'll go through and we'll wipe down the palms of their hands and their nails. And we have a finishing powder that we put on all of our clients that we make in house. Um, So it's just little things like that, that create just an amplified experience for them. Um, And just the way that you talk with your customers, the words that you use during the sessions are so important. You know, I even have, uh, I have two employees now, so Mm -hmm. it, I made a whole um, employee handbook about like, use these words, don't use these words. And it's, it's really training your brain on how to have a conversation with somebody without using trigger words, which as silly as it sounds, like if you have somebody that has like larger boobs or, you know, roles, you, you never want to talk to them and say those words because those words are going to trigger their insecurities. So it's like, Oh, I need you to just lean forward so I can put the skin flat. I use skin instead of fat because mm-hmm. it's like, it's fat is like fat shaming. Like, even yeah. though it's not necessarily like a curse word, if you have insecurities about fat, the second you hear somebody say fat, they're going to think you're calling them fat, even 100%. though you're not doing that. You're just using a word because you need them to move their body a certain way. It's just changing those words out is what's going to make the customer feel completely different in their session. And that's, what's going to bring them back as a customer that's loyal. And they're going to refer you because they're going to say, I felt so good Mm -hmm. during that session. I felt so comfortable during that session. 
Mm-hmm. That's so true. And you think about the whole experience you talk about, we've, we've, I've sent emails about this. People focus on customer service. It's really the customer experience. What does that look like for somebody mm-hmm. coming from the outside, coming in the whole experience, right? It should be uplifting. It should be something they look forward to, right? And not, not something they don't, don't want to do. So there's so much to it. Like you said, the, the, the interactions that you have obviously are important. The whole thing, probably the, the, obviously the aesthetics of the salon in and of itself and all that it's in, that's included in that, like you said, the place, place for them to dry off and everything, which I've never heard of. That's pretty awesome. Oh, uh, yeah. So great idea. Um, all that combined, right. Really sets you apart from, like you said, anybody can provide spray tan. So how do you set yourself apart, which is exactly. a great way to look at it. And most of the time too, you, the, what, stops people from even coming in to have these services done. Most of the people are going to be like, Oh, it's my first time. And it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, well, why I've been insecure. Like I would say almost 80% of the time that you talk to a first time client and you ask them like, Oh, this is your first time. Like, why is it your first time? They're either scared, number one, of turning orange because that's such a problem in the industry that most people are so fearful that they never try it is because they're scared to turn in that dreaded orange or they've been scared because of their insecurities. So it's like, how do we shatter that, that, you know, wall of insecurities of stopping these clients from coming in? And I feel like it's just, that experience that you provide mm-hmm. that makes some people feel less insecure. Those people that feel less insecure are going to go and post about how comfortable they felt. So it might, you know, somebody seeing that review or hearing that referral of, I just felt comfortable. It's going to make them be like, well, if they felt comfortable, then what am I afraid of? Right. Right. So true. So true. And that's a good, that's a good point to make. You think about probably the biggest, obviously the orange thing, which is so funny that that's uh, th- uh, something thanks to friends and Ross and them. Oh so thank, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't that. think we will ever, ever <laughs> outlive, <that. laughs> outlive the orange spray tans. Right, I mean, right. it's one of those things that it's like, you just want to scream it from the mountaintops. No, you will not be orange. <laughs> but there are um, still some orange tans out there. I'm you sure. know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna name names, but <laughs> you know, it, it still does happen. You just, yeah. we just have to, you know, take lots of client photos. To yeah, exactly. That no, you could turn orange at other places, but you will not turn orange here. Right. Which, and what you said just triggered some thoughts in my mind. I mean, immediately, I think like, if somebody says no to this service, what is their pushback or their questions? Like you said, the orange mm-hmm. thing, the insecurities, all these things. So how can you as a business owner, we're not going to dissect this now, but just that question for people, how as a business owner, do you break down those barriers and go ahead and push through all those things? Like what are their, what are their objections? You know, we know that like for us, we build websites, right? So we know what's the objection. Oh, I don't want to pay. I don't understand. I don't know how to get started. So we try to knock all that down, right? It's an investment. We walk you through it. There's a step-by-step process, so on and so forth. So we try to go ahead and knock all those questions down or pushback that they have out of the way because we want to help them and dismiss that. It's the same thing with the spray tan, right? You want to help them feel beautiful and look great, but X, Y, and Z, right? There's these little things that come up. So how do you get through that? That's a great, great way to look at it. Yeah. Absolutely. So for you, uh, Brittany, as, as you've grown, right. From uh, the, the hot summer tans and grandma's garage, which would be, that'd be a funny name, grandma's garage tanning or something. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, it, how, how have you changed in your business from there? Now you have a couple of employees you mentioned. So how has, how has it changed for you running the business? I think 
when, we, when we're talking to people that are just starting out, right, they can't imagine just getting enough clients to sustain or maybe go full time. Once they do, then that next leap is like hiring somebody, which obviously comes with its own challenges. Oh, it's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a lot of people, you know, chat about that and you're welcome to, you know, hiring the right people is always a challenge, but you know, when you look at that, like the, the leap to the next level, what does that look like? And, you know, I'm always curious too, because I know for me, like in my business, it's completely different, but still I went from like doing all this stuff to bringing a team on. Now we have a solid team. And I found this lull in between hiring each person where it was like, what am I actually supposed to, like, I don't have anything actually to do today. There's no checklist because I'm not doing the day-to-day work. Right. So there's mm-hmm. that, there's that pivot or, or that change that you have to make. And, and oh, you, you mean need... the time where you actually have free time? Yeah, yeah. <gasps> what is that word? Yeah. yeah. But for me, and you probably feel the same. It's like, if I'm not doing something uh, to like move us forward, then ultimately I'm holding us back. So I know that that's my job to figure those things out. Right. So your mindset completely shifts from, I got to spray 10, 20 people today to like, I might have two tans and now I got to do all these other things to make sure we're set up for a success, whether it's ordering products or getting, you know, connecting with people, whatever that looks like. So how's that transition been for you? Oh yeah. So I'm still in that navigating of uh, delegating and learning what that word is and what that mm-hmm. means for business. Um, <laughs> so opening my storefront, it was still me, but I knew that with opening a storefront location, the the one of the main reasons where I had the cusp. So if you have a home studio or you're renting a suite within a place and you're like, okay, the next step for me obviously would have a brick and mortar location. So I knew that going in that opening my storefront, I wanted to hire employees. And obviously if I'm in a suite, it's not going to be as easy or I couldn't do it at my house. Right. So, um, I knew going into having my storefront that I, I was going to need employees and I have two young kids and I would work, you know, from 8am as soon as I drop them off at school till sometimes eight, 10 o'clock at night. So I was putting in more than 12 hour days on a lot of these days and being in my house and having a home studio, it was you know, you've got so many people coming in and out constantly. You're trying to navigate kids homework and keeping your house clean with a toddler, you know, so that your (laughs) clients come in and there's not toys all over the floor. Um, so that was a big like relief for me almost when I got my location, because it was like, Oh, I have a lobby (laughs) and I have a place. That's not my living room where my (laughs) clients can sit or my poor husband, bless his heart. You know, he's home from work and he likes to walk around, you know, comfortable. And it's like, you'd hear the doorbell. And there were times where he would just duck down behind our kitchen cabinet (laughs) (laughs) as my clients walked to the room because he didn't want to be seen without his shirt on. So he's like, clients here. So he would like go hide or it was like, everybody hurry, throw everything away or whatever. So (laughs) that was funny, but hiring clients is definitely terrifying. Um, you know, you hear all the horror stories of you basically are giving somebody, you know, access into your brain, um, and training somebody that can basically be your clone. And then, you know, what if they decide to leave? Mm-hmm. Or what if they decide to start their own and become, you know, your competition. So that was, I think what held me back for so many years of mm-hmm. not wanting to hire an employee mm-hmm. because I've had this fear, but right. I feel like that's every part of growth in business. What is the number one thing that stops us from forward projecting? And that's fear. Yep. 
So yep. once you are able to get over that fear, um, you're able to move a lot more. So I've already had to fire an employee. So, um, I've kind of been through all the things. And what's funny is, you know, growing up, I was never even a manager. So I <laughs> dove right in from being an employee to being, you know, employed. Um, I was the full-time caregiver for my grandmother before I started my spray tanning business. So I went from, you know, helping her until when she passed and then trying to navigate going back into the work field. So it was like a weird situation when I actually begun spray tanning, but it was, uh, just like, how do I go from like, okay, I've never had a business now I have a business. I didn't go to school for a business. So, you know, I am very much a self-taught entrepreneur. So it's, how do I navigate now hiring somebody? There's so many steps. What if you make a a wrong thing? So for me, I partnered and aligned with a lot of other successful business owners. Um, some of them being in the industry, some of them, not just regular Mm -hmm. business owners and, you know, like, hi, can we have coffee and can I pick your brain? Yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's, it's, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help because a lot of times, even with this podcast that you're doing, it's great. It's, you know, like contact us and just ask like, Hey, like, I really admire what you do. I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Like, you know, can I buy you lunch and just ask you some questions? Yeah. And a lot of the times, like they're going to be very flattered and they're going to be willing to help you. So I had a lot of people that kind of helped me and guided me and, you know, kind of put me on the right path of what I needed to do to not only open a storefront, because that comes with a whole lot of things, you know, now you've got to get licenses and city permits and business licenses and all these things. Um, and then now it's okay. Now you have an employee. So now you have to get workers compensation, depending on what state you're in and file, uh, things for unemployment and (laughs) payroll. And how do I deduct taxes? And I don't know how to do any of these things. So what's nice about today's day and age with being so technology forward, is there so many companies out there that do it all for you? I know. (laughs) It's amazing. So it's, it's find those companies admit when you don't know what you're doing and find a company that does it for you. And you just write it off on your taxes There you go. because it's, it's know what you're good at and don't try to be good at things that you are not. Right. I think that is the biggest, the biggest hurdle. If you're going to get anything out of this is, you know, you're good at spray tanning. It's okay to not be good at being a business owner. Yeah. It's okay to not be good at doing all the behind the scenes work, but it's about knowing when to kind of bow down and let another person help you or take over and delegate. Um, because that's going to put so much less stress on your plate when you now don't have to worry about the legalities of things. You have a place that does it for you and you can stick to doing what you're good at. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. I just jot down a couple of things I wanted to talk about and in, in what you just said, because there's a lot of good stuff. First, uh, the thing you just talked about, like today's day and age, like you can find a bookkeeper online, you can find all mm-hmm. these things, right? I mean, think about 
just like to put things in perspective when people and maybe complain, I hate to say that, but they, you know, bring up these issues. Think about people even 10, 15, 20 years ago, like the, the you know, people that came before us, so to speak, like, what did they have to go through to do this stuff? You know, you think about even like being kids and when we went to go to school, like we had to look in the encyclopedia and go to the library mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And like kids today, obviously never have an understanding of that, but even on the business side of things, you can literally go online and do basically anything you need to do like mm-hmm. we can do your training online. You can order your kid. Look at all these things you get to do and look at the opportunity we haven't, you know, we're a little spoiled with that because that's what, mm-hmm. what's there for us. But even to the next step, like the group, the community, you know, mentors, people you can find. Hey, if there's somebody, Brittany's in California, if you're in New York, buy her virtual lunch, right? Have food mm-hmm. delivered to her house and meet on a Zoom yeah. for an hour. You know, there's so many opportunities to do things. Like you said, people are willing to help you reach out. You can read stuff online. You can find, uh, it could be a coffee shop, right? How did you hire employees? It's the same thing, right? You're still hiring people. So it's like, there's so many things you can learn from other people and people, people want to help, you know, people genuinely want to help other people. So, and it sounds like, you know, you've had the same experience as well, mm-hmm. Yeah, which is amazing. Amazing. So a lot of changes going on for you uh, through all that, but it sounds like it's all good. It's uncomfortable, which means you're going in the right direction. It is challenging to kind of hand the keys over, but ultimately you should be hiring people that hopefully are going to be better than you are at whatever they're coming in to do, because that's what you want to do. And it's hard to do that. I think people's ego gets in their way sometimes, which is fine. Some people have a hard time letting go, but I think the best, in my opinion, at least the people I look at that are the best business owners, are the ones that literally could not go to work for a year and that business mm-hmm. would still run because then you have a legitimate business, right? Well, at that point. and not only that, but with hiring employees for me, it was how are my customers and clients going mm-hmm. to adapt? So that was another hard thing too, is your clients sure. and your customers get so comfortable with you that they're not going to be so quick to take off their clothes for somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like giving my customers the like, Hey guys, (laughs) I kind of like had to like warm them up to the idea of having employees. And it was, I have trained them. I trust them. Do you Mm -hmm. trust me? Do you trust me as a person and a business owner? Yep. If you say yes to that, then you should know that if you trust me, that you're going to know that I would never mm-hmm. hire somebody to do what I do if I did not trust them and I did not vet this person. Yeah. So once I explained those things to my customers, they were like, it kind of shifted their mindset to, okay, well, I'm comfortable with Brittany, but I also trust Brittany. So Mm -hmm. I know that she's not going to put somebody in her studio that she thinks is not fit for this job or isn't going to do just as good of a a job as she does with me and an employee. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I just, I had somebody on the podcast recently, they talked about how you just kind of have to keep uh, introducing it to say, Hey, by the way, somebody's going to, you know, I'm be hiring somebody or whatever that looks like for you to make mm-hmm. sure they remember it and that they're okay with it. Cause there's a little fine line there when it's a, some kind of interaction as well. And I was, I was worried about that when I was bringing people on to help with our websites mm-hmm. and stuff like, Oh, people, you know, people want to talk to me because yep. all this or whatever. And then you're nobody, all that they know. Nobody cares. though. <laughs> nobody cared when I, 
when that happened, actually the service was better because there's way more people to support them. So they were very oh, happy yeah. with that. So, and that's the thing too, is it's like, okay, you guys want to come in in the evenings. I don't work past two o'clock anymore. Yeah. I have kids. I used to work seven days a week on the weekends when I cut out weekends, you know, a lot of clients were like, oh, but I need a Saturday appointment. And it's like, but I need a life. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so it's like, you know, they, they understood. It's like, well, do you get time off from work? Yes. <laughs> okay, well, don't you think that it's fair and justified for me to also have time off of work? Well, yeah. And it's like, you do realize that like, I could have worked a nine to five job and I would have worked a lot less hours than being a business owner. (laughs) There's like a meme that was popular on TikTok and it's like, I didn't want to work a nine to five. So now I work 24 seven. That is a hundred percent the true, the truest statement I have ever heard. It was like, I didn't want to work a traditional nine to five because, you know, I, I didn't want to have, you know, somebody controlling my life and no hours, but now I work even more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then you have all these customers that are your bosses, right? <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Very true. Well, all that stuff, you know, the growth and all the changes there have been great. I'd like to get into these more technical uh, questions about spray tanning. Did you go through any certification? What type of equipment and solution do you use? Okay. So I was trained by the company that I worked for previously, but I have Mm -hmm. also done lots of additional training. Um, Mm -hmm. I am one that believes that you should never stop going through training, Mm -hmm. even if you are a master spray tan artist. Yep. There are new techniques. There are new ways to do things. Evolution of spray tanning is always growing. And I am a big person on continued education, um, when it comes to that. So I've done lots of classes, even for spray tanning and for the other services that I offer, even though I know how to do it, I'm like, Oh, you know what? I really admire her in the industry. I want to hear what she has to say. Um, so yes, I've done lots and lots of training. Um, I use a metal Fuji, uh, gun, I know a lot of people like plastic. I am not a fan of the plastic gun. I think that even though it's lighter and it's not going to be so like, like heavy to use, I think that the the metal guns look more professional there. I've had my original gun since I started spray tanning and it's like, you know, almost a decade old now. So uh, I feel like they're just built to last. They're my sure. workhorse. Um, I started with the salon. Uh, gosh, if I'm not even good with names. Isn't this funny? So <laughs> I had the little like handhold, uh, smaller one that I would use. And then once I got into my studio, I bought the big box. Um, the reason I did that is I wanted to have a backup machine. You should always, always have backups. I can't tell you how many times that I, uh, have been in a situation where I'm like, it's not working right. Or what Mm -hmm. am I going to do? So I got the bigger salon machine because it's also quieter. So, uh, being now in a shared space, um, I wanted a a turbine that was not going to be so loud, especially Mm -hmm. because you, some of the machines, you feel like you have to scream at your client to get them to hear you. And I also have the spray gone extraction unit, which is also, even though it's quiet, it's, it's loud. I mean, let's be honest. Anything you turn on is it's got a motor is going to have some type of noise to it. Um, so I have those two. And then as far as my solution that I use, so me as a salon, I made the decision to never disclose the products that we use. Uh Here is why. Um, we kind of touched on this earlier about, 
you know, setting yourself apart, being different, things like that. You know, if you tell everybody in the world, the solution that you use, that is like the main thing that Mm -hmm. you as a business owner are going to use and put on your client. So if everybody knows what that is, you're going to have a million people that are now going to try and use that same solution because they know what you're doing and they're going to try and copy you. So for me, I never give that information out. Even my employees don't even know what we use. So we have an an ingredients book because, um, if anybody has ingredient, like an allergy, they need to know. So I created like a little spreadsheet that goes over each color that we have and the ingredients that are in it. But as far as product name, nobody knows that, but me, Wow. I feel like, um, some people think like, oh, if they, you say what solution, if it's a name brand, like Norvell, everybody knows Norvell, <laughs> um, by the way, Norvell is garbage. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Um, there are so many better products on the market than that. Um, but you know, for me, it was, people don't need to know the brand. I am the brand you are coming to see me. You're not coming to get a Norvell spray tan or mm-hmm. a whatever other brands are out there spray tan. Like you are coming there to get a bronze beauty bar spray tan. There you go. The only name that they should know is yours. Yep. So even with our aftercare product and stuff, we do, I, when I moved into my storefront location and even when I was at my home, I started transitioning everything into like private label or white label programs because it's, you know, if I'm going to be selling something, like I want you to see my name. I don't want you to see anybody else's name on there. I want my name to be the one that you remember. That makes perfect sense. I mean, when you think about it, like you said, I mean, I don't go to the dentist and say, hey, doc, what are we using? Crest or Colgate? What's going mm-hmm. on? <laughs> like, it yeah. doesn't matter. They're the professional. It makes sense. I mean, I get I get both sides of the coin. Some people want to share it. They don't yeah. care. They mix 20 different solutions anyway. So it's not oh, really yeah. a thing somebody can, can copy and emulate, which could be the same for you. But it's, yep. it's they, they're, they're coming. Like it's a, they're coming for you. They're coming for Bronze Beauty Bar. They're coming for, for Brittany. They're coming for that. Um, it's irrelevant what the product is, uh, for, for the, especially for the client, right? It doesn't that, All they need to know is what, what they're going to get. So, exactly. And yeah. I feel like, too, sometimes people, when they find out like, oh, you use that, well, it's it's almost like, a designer handbag. Okay. So let's think of it this way. You know, there's Norvell who spends a ton of money on advertising. So everybody knows their brand name. Well, let's say you start using a new independent, uh, spray tanning solution that has better results than even Norvell. Mm -hmm. Well, if you tell people that you're using that and they're going to be like, well, I've never heard of that. They already are going to have that kind of like uncertainty if you will, in their brain of it's like, oh, well, is that going to be just as good? Because Mm -hmm. there's everyone in life is so set to think of like name brands, like Kleenex. It's like, it's not Kleenex. Kleenex is the brand. It's facial tissue, you know? (laughs) So it kind of like eliminates that like initial, like, am I going to like it? Am I not based off of, of a brand name? Yeah. Yeah, and on the flip side of that, if they had bad experience with whatever the brand name is, yeah. you might you're give them a completely different experience, right? You're, exactly. Well, that so you're not you're not limiting yourself where it's like, oh well, I I turned orange with that, and it's like, right. well, <laughs> well, okay, well, it's probably 
X, Y, and Z could have happened. Maybe the prep wasn't good. Maybe the aftercare wasn't good. Or maybe the technician just used a wrong color on you. Or, you know, if it's a rapid, they told you to leave it on too long, or maybe they just used a shade that was too dark for you. So again, it just, it stops that across the board of having a bad experience with any brand, not recognizing a brand. It's, it's my brand. We use a custom blend. When people ask, you know, I'll say that we have you know, have our own in-house blend of colors that we will pick that are specifically good for you, what you're going to do, your event, the desired color outcome. And we make it more of this, you know, customized experience for them as an individual versus coming in for using a specific product. Yeah. This is a great way to look at it. Awesome. Awesome. Brittany. Well, I don't want to keep you long. This has been a wonderful interview jam packed with a lot of information, helpful information for people. Before I ask you the last question, I want to uh, thank you for coming on one and spending your time with us Two, uh, congratulate you on the success you've seen so far and facing your fears and all the ups and downs and everything you've gone through. Lots of, lots of changes and things uh, to come from, but ultimately we, we see what hard work and, and dedication does. So congratulations on your success so far and, and whatever is to come. And the last question I have for you is if you had to write a letter to yourself when you were just starting out, what would you say? <laughs> That's such a good question. Um, I honestly, like the biggest thing would be just face your fears head on. Yeah. Um, there's so many things in my business that, you know, if I would have just, started sooner or been a little bit more courageous. Um, you know, I could have maybe been successful sooner. Um, you know, I wouldn't go looking back. I wouldn't change anything because I feel like timing is everything and everything happens for a reason. Um, but now even going into the future and when I make business decisions, it's, you know, like, okay, let me think about this logically, but if, the logical side is telling me yes, but the fear side is telling me no. It's like, I need to just reprogram my brain to go with the logical reason and not the right. fear. Right. Um, you know, yeah. so it's, I have lots of things that I would like to do in the future. So it's, you know, just trying to blow past those fears. Yeah. Fears, comfort, all that stuff will hold you back. You got to face them. Mm-hmm. You, you have to absolutely if you want to get to where you want so thank you uh, so much Brittany if anybody has questions for you wants to ask you anything that like you said you, you you know you seem pretty open to that so what's the best way to to get in touch with you they can either send me an email at bronzedbeautybar at aol.com mm-hmm. or our instagram or facebook and all of our apps are all the bronze beauty bar Awesome, Brittany. Thank you again so much for spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful day and happy. Thank you so much. Thank you.